you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. Luke chapter 17. If you have your Bibles, I would like to take you into the word of the Lord for a little bit this morning. And we'll see what God has in store for us today. moving into the Thanksgiving season, and uh, Thursday is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is much like Christmas has been under attack. I think Thanksgiving has been under attack, and although they have completely different meanings, Thanksgiving seems that it has been diminished to Turkey Day to Tea Day to NFL Day Thanksgiving is a day of reflection and gratitude and somebody wrote a song several years ago it wasn't that good music that was put to the song but the words yet had great meanings, and it was, every day is a day of thanksgiving because God's been good. And truly, if we reflect this morning on the goodness of God in our lives, how many of you can say God has been better to me than I ever deserved? Look at the hands that are raised around you. God has been so good. He's been so good. He's blessed me. My life is not perfect. Not perfect by any means. There's so many things that I could set this morning and tell you, I wish this was better and I wish I could change this. And I, But God has been so good to me. When I get a heart filled with thanksgiving, I think a lot less about all of those wishes that I can come up with on the days that I feel like I deserve what I have. Somebody said, well, I work so hard for all the things that I've got. Thank you for working hard. The Bible said that a man that won't work shouldn't eat. So thank you for working hard and for providing for your family and for getting good educations. But can I tell you, you really didn't do it for yourself. But he woke you up. He gave you health. He gave you the ability to do what you We ought to be thankful unto him and to bless his name. I'm going to take a familiar text from Luke chapter 17. And I'm going to read this passage regarding the ten lepers that came to Jesus. And I could have drawn from the psalm this morning. And it's just full of thanksgiving and thankfulness. 
But I want to draw from this this morning and pull some things out of this text from Luke chapter 17, uh, verse number 12. And he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten that were cleansed, but where are the nine? They're not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. So by the help of the Lord today, I want to talk to you about how your thankfulness brings wholeness. Your thankfulness brings wholeness. Lord, we need your help this morning. I pray your word inspires. God, I need the inspiration of your spirit to deliver your word today. And I pray that every heart is open to the things of God and what you want to speak this morning. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you turn to somebody next to you, greet them this morning and say, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you. That's a good thing to say this morning. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you. Thankfulness shows up in our actions, but thankfulness is more than an action. In fact, thankfulness is an attitude. And one cannot be thankful, have that thankful attitude without it showing up in every area of their life. It just begins to be part of who they are. It's, it's more than just something that they put on their schedule that they need to do every day to pause and say, I'm thankful for, or to make a social media post and say, well, I'm, I'm going to, to list every day something that I'm thankful for. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but thankfulness is more than just an action or a social media post or a statement that you made. But thankfulness is an attitude in which we live in and we live with. It becomes part of who we are. And so our, our attitude really is an attitude, not just trying to be wordy this morning, but our, our, our thankfulness is an attitude of gratitude. Your, your attitude toward God has blessed you and your attitude toward what God has blessed you with will either bring blessing into your life or will bring a lot of frustration into your life. I just want you to, to think about this word, and if you're a note taker, I want you to start out by just writing this word down this morning after you write down my title and, and, and the fact that Thankfulness is an attitude of gratitude, but entitlement 
will work against you and because entitlement will work against the attitude of thankfulness. If we ever reach the point of feeling like we are entitled because of our upbringing, our education, our hard work, uh, whatever it is, if we ever reach the point of entitlement and we feel like it, we just deserve it, it's ours, it belongs to us, it will always work against you. It will never work in your favor. None of us truly deserve the blessings of God that we are privileged to live in. None of us. We don't deserve the blessings of God in our life. And the sooner we recognize His many benefits and how blessed we are and we start walking and living in that spirit of gratitude, the sooner we get there, the greater our life will be and the more fulfilling uh, that the more fulfillment that we will find in life. A lot of people confuse this and we received an offering this morning and during that offering time uh, I, I was I was reminded of how that our stewardship, God designed stewardship as a method of us showing our gratitude. As a matter of fact, stewardship really is a test. It's a test of our trustworthiness, whether we trust God the way that the Word of God teaches us to trust Him. So either, just because I mentioned stewardship doesn't mean you have to sit on your hands now. Stewardship is a way of God's testing. He tests us to see what we're made of. He wants to know what kind of integrity that we walk in and live in. That's why that in tithing, the scripture says that we are to return a tenth. And truly, people, some people say, well, I give my tithing. No, you don't steal your tithing because it wasn't yours. Tithing belongs to God. One-tenth belongs to God. And so it already belongs to Him. So it is a matter of trust of whether that I give God, give back to God or return. I like to use the word return because it's the right word. Whether we, when, when I receive my paycheck, whether I return to God what belongs to Him because He has loaned me a hundred percent of it and he only asked for 10 percent to be returned to prove my faithfulness and my trustworthiness and so he loans me a hundred percent he gives me the health the ability and so he loans me a hundred percent and he only asks that I pay back or return the 10 percent and so I return it to him then he gives us the challenge of gratitude. The challenge of gratitude is what I do above and beyond that 10%. So now he's saying, now I want to know how thankful you are. So it is the test of gratitude. So he's now saying, now will you trust me? Will you try me? The only place in scripture that we're ever given direction to try God is in stewardship. And he says, 
he says, test me, try me to see if I'm not true to my word. And so he, he tells us, show forth your gratitude in the way that you give. So we return the tithe and we give above and beyond. This is why God chooses finances to trust our trustworthiness and our gratitude. He wants to know if he can trust us with our tithing, and then he tests our gratitude with our offerings. So the more he blesses, he wants to know if you feel the same by him to where you're going to give to him in the same measure in which he's given to you. And so if your attitude of gratitude is proper and you try to outgive God, you will learn this, this principle. You will never be able to outgive God. I was raised in a home where my father was a great giver, and all of my life I've seen him get in hardships and struggles, and his response to going through a difficult financial time, he would say, well, it's time for us to give. I'm, as a kid, was thinking, Dad, we're, we're already broke, now you're talking about giving. The test of giving has been proven in my personal life, in my life growing up with my family, the more I give the more God blesses in return because the more he sees in the attitude of giving back, it is a true test. Worship falls in the same line. Oh, I got amens now that I got off a of stewardship of, of finances. In our worship, it is the same thing. We want to be blessed by God. If we're not careful, we come to church and it's like, okay, God, bless me. And so we're looking around for the blessings of God. Oh, I want God's blessings upon my life. When the scripture said he is seeking such who would worship him. And so the truth is, as we come into the presence of God, we come to the house of the Lord and they begin to sing and we begin to worship and we're singing in our response. And so as worship leaders, they're calling us for a response. They're saying, why don't you lift your hands? Why don't you clap your hands? What they're doing is saying, join with us. This isn't about entertainment. This is about worshiping God because we've learned the more we worship, the more praise we send up, the more glory that he sends down. So the more engaged I become in the worship service, the more that his presence is going to flood my soul and the more my, my consciousness is going to change. I'm going to quit thinking about all my troubles and my tests and my trials and my problems at home and now I'm going to start thinking about how great God is. And so now all of my problems are diminished because now I'm thinking about, wow, how great is our God. So now instead of saying how great are my problems, I'm magnifying Jesus. And so I'm saying your name, Lord, is above all other. I praise you. We sang some of those songs this morning, magnifying the name, no other name, no greater name. And so we're praising and worshiping the name of the Lord. We're saying thank you, God, for coming on the scene. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in my life. And we start forgetting because our gratitude turns our attention on how awesome he is. And so as we see him as awesome, our problems become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And before long, we start feeling like, hey, my problems are being diminished because I'm seeing the Lord. 
Do you think that's what Isaiah thought when he said the year King Uzziah died? Uzziah was larger than life in his in Isaiah's life. Yet when Isaiah died and he gets out of his life, he says, Now I saw the Lord high and lifted up. How many of us have problems in our life? If those problems were diminished, we could see God high and lifted up. So through our praise and worship, through our attitude of gratitude to Him, instead of coming in and saying, well, I've had a bad week. You know, if there's any non-hunters in the room, I'm sorry. I went hunting this weekend, and no deer. Truck got stuck. Truck broke down and had to be towed in. It was a rough week. I refuse to come to church this morning and magnify on my problem. We'll find a mechanic tomorrow. I'll talk to my wife and see if she'll take out a loan and get my truck fixed. And there'll be another day because I really am kind of glad I didn't have to shoot a deer and then have to deal with it. I really wanted a day off and just relax and that's what I did yesterday. Just kicked back and took it easy, even with my truck breaking down. Didn't even get frustrated over it. It was like, oh, well, this just happened. I'm not going to magnify all my problems. Because if I want to start talking about my problems, I'm guessing that a few of you would start standing to your feet saying, Pastor, I got some problems I want to testify about. I, I got some problems of my own. I got some, I got some financial situations. I've got some family situations. I've got, I've got all these issues in my life. And if we start talking about problems before long, we'll just dim the lights and we'll pass out Kleenexes and we'll all sit around and cry. Or either we can come into the house of the Lord and say, come on guys, get on the music and let's start singing a song about the greatness of God, the goodness of the Lord, how wonderful He is. And before long, my problems start diminishing because I began to praise Him and worship Him. And the more I exalt Him, the better life becomes for me. Leviticus chapter 14 tells us, of a disease that literally turned people's lives upside down. It caused them to be on the outcast. You, you couldn't miss the fact of this disease. It is called leprosy. The men in our scripture that came to Jesus were dying of this disease. It's a disease that actually begins on the inside, but it shows signs on the outside. It is a disease that works from the inside out. You die from the inside out, but it, the symptoms show up on the outside. It was an obvious from the disfigurement of their bodies. It became very, very obvious. Now, leprosy would not start um, with physical ailments that were so noticeable, but it would start with specks on the eyelids and palms gradually spreading over the entire body. One of the effects of the disease is that it destroys nerve endings and the sensitivity begins to be destroyed. I want you to follow with me now for a moment because I know you're not interested in leprosy, but I, it is a perfect type of sin. And I want you to get this because you're going to hear me calling out some things about leprosy and everything that you see about leprosy are things that sin will do to a human life. So it affects it affects them to the point that the nerve endings are destroyed and the victim could no longer 
were, were no longer sensitive to their surroundings so they didn't feel pain. They could burn themselves without knowing. They, they could break bones and not even realize it because the sensitivity was gone. Thus, they'd end up damaging and destroying parts of their body without realizing it. Uh, it was a horrible, horrible disease. Although leprosy was not excessively contagious, there was some possibility of infection but being around others. So lepers were social outcasts. They were, they were cast out. They were made to live outside of the camp, unable to take part in all but one of the sacrifices offered in the tabernacle. Now, there were other diseases that people could get, but no other disease was treated quite like leprosy. You could suffer uh, from similar diseases as we have today, the flu. You could have... Uh, a paralytic condition, you, you could have cancer or heart disease, but none of these diseases would require people to do what leprosy would require them to do because if one was ever healed or cleansed of leprosy, the Bible said there was a law regarding lepers that was called the law uh, of the leper. And the law of the leper was that they had to return to the priest and they had to show themselves to the priest and the priest had to inspect them it was all part of their cleansing the, the lepers uh, they, 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 were, they were required to go through so many things that people with other diseases were not leprosy was the only disease that called for people to present themselves to the priest now are you seeing why leprosy is such a perfect type of sin because what, what sin will do in a life is sin will cause you, it starts on the inside. Sin doesn't, you, you can sneak it by your wife, your husband, your kids, you can sneak by. But what happens after a while is that sin begins to do a work on the inside. And sin destroys a person from the inside out. And so while at first it is not visible on the outside, the disease is resident inside. The disease of sin is already doing its destructive work. When it begins on the outside, what it affects is that it affects your sensitivity. And so everything around you, you begin to see through a different uh, glass. You begin to feel differently about things. And it affects your vision. It affects your senses of touch. It affects everything. And before long, sin will begin to push you away from the things that you really love the most. It will cause you to be to be discarded and pushed out away from the presence of God. And like the lepers who had to live outside of the city gate, you will long to be in the presence of God, but your sin will separate you. And the only way that you can be cleansed of your sin is to go back and show yourself to the high priest. His name is Jesus. And so that's the only way that you can be cleansed of your leprosy. Leprosy in Scripture is a perfect type of sin. Our text describes the scene as ten lepers being miraculously healed by the spoken word of the Lord who just said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. He didn't do anything other than just speak a word to them. He just says, go, show yourself to the priest. And when they left, to go show them themselves, the Bible said there was one who was a Samaritan that was mixed among the other lepers that were there. The Samaritan 
And you know, I talked about Samaritans the other day, right? So the Samaritan was the least likely to return and come back and have any uh, any communication with Jesus because Jesus was a Jew and Samaritans and Jews did not mix. Yet this Samaritan was mixed in with the lepers. He came back to Jesus and he was thankful. The Samaritan was the outcast of the outcast. The Samaritan already by, by his... Uh, by, by his nationality, the Samaritan was already considered a dog, but now he is a leper, which means that even the dogs couldn't run with him. So now he's the outcast of the outcast. It wasn't the other nine who by this text evidently must have been Jewish, did not come back to Jesus, but the one that was the farthest away, the least likely, came back to Jesus and said to him, I want to give you thanks and began to thank him, fell on his face praising him. And as he did, Jesus didn't say to the other nine who felt like maybe they deserved it, but the one that returned, Jesus said, you're not only going to be healed, but you are going to be whole. There's the difference. There's what thankful, thankfulness will do for you in this season of thanksgiving. We need to get a mindset of thanksgiving that helps us to understand this isn't just a day that we're going to give thanks, but as for me and my house, every day we want to give thanks because thanksgiving will not just heal you. Thanksgiving will cause you to be whole. Your family can be whole. Everything in your life can be whole. But you've got to reach a point of saying, thank God for everything. Well, explain this to me, Pastor. I'll do my best. I've, I've, I'm just going to throw some scenarios at you. But I've had people come to me, say, Pastor, I left, was getting ready to go to work, walked out, and I had a flat on my car. It was frustrating. But I didn't get mad about it. I thanked the Lord for it. I changed the tire, got in my car, left on my way to work. While I'm driving down 28, I find out that about 15 minutes before I got there, there was a severe accident that I would have been there right about the time. Maybe God was sparing me. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody got a realization. Instead of being angry because I had a flat, let me pause for a minute and say, God, if you're protecting me from something, I receive it and I thank you for it because you always know what's right. Sometimes God's protection, we get, we get frustrated at what God does to protect us because he, he would just talk to us, but some of us are too busy. We don't ever open the dialogue. Is it quiet in here this morning or is it just me? Some of us don't take the time to pray. We don't take the time to talk to God and, 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 and give him opportunity to speak to us. So he has to do other things in our life to get our attention or to pause us or to put us on hold or to prevent things from happening in our lives. The reward of thanksgiving was not that the leper, was not only that the leper was healed, but that he was made whole. Could it be that during this thanksgiving season that we need to remember where we were when God found us? Maybe we need to pause for a moment and realize where we would be if it wasn't for God in our life. Let me just ask some of you. Can you stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance, Apostle Paul's words there. Could you stir up your pure mind for just a moment and start thinking and ask yourself, where would I be? 
if it wasn't for the Lord. David said it like this, where would I be if it was not for the Lord who was on my side? He goes on, he said, when the enemy rose up against me, I would have stumbled and fell. In other words, I would have been destroyed. When the, when the waters came against me, I would have drowned in the ocean. But I have a God who is on my side. There's some thanksgiving for you. We need to start saying, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Some things he's allowed into our life to get our attention. We would be a lot less judgmental of others if we could remember where God brought us from. Or for those of you who were, you know, like John the Baptist, born full of the Holy Ghost. Those of you who have been born a saint of God and your whole life all you know is being a saint and you're perfect and you've never sinned. Just so you know, we're getting ready to have a new seating section for you. That's right, it's going to be right next to the throne of God and you can sit right there with Him. But for all the rest of us who have sinned and come short of the glory of God, for all the rest of the CLC members who are here this morning that have faults and failures and everything else in our life, it would do us good to stop before we start looking at somebody else saying, oh, can you believe... I believe the, the apostle said it like this when he began to give a list of all the things and he starts, he starts going down and gives a huge laundry list of all the different sins and he said, and such were some of you. But you are washed, but you are justified, but you are sanctified by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so we have to get that. If you're going to live an, with an attitude of gratitude, if you're going to truly be thankful and you want wholeness in your life. See, some of us, God came along and rescued us and brought us out and we were healed and our family was healed, but things aren't whole. I wish I could get a witness or two this morning. Some of you, things are good, but you're not whole. You're just kind of like, hey, I'm happy to be healed, but wholeness has not yet come. The wholeness is going to come when you, get the, when you get the thankfulness right in your life, and all we do is live every day. Every time something goes wrong, instead of us flying off the handle, instead of us getting angry, instead of us spouting off, if we could just stop and say, thank you, Lord. Because if it wouldn't be for your grace and mercy, I wouldn't even be this far. The time we take to give God thanks may be the means of making us whole. There are a lot of healed people in the church, but I ask you today, how many of you know, you don't have to raise your hand because it would be far too convicting, but how many of you know that you've been healed but you're not whole? Your family's not whole. Your walk with God is not whole. There are a lot of healed people, but few whole people. Leprosy began around the eyelids. It affected the vision, and then their hands, their works, everything was affected. The lepers, the, the lepers came back bringing thanksgiving, and, and obviously what, what our thankfulness does is when we come back to God and we begin to start thanking Him for what He's done, and we're being thankful, it allows us to be to begin to see ourselves more clearly. In my prayer time, when I start saying, thank you, Lord, because this could have happened in my life, and I could have gone here and there and this. And, and when I start listing them, all of a sudden, sudden I start realizing how lost I really would be without God.
So when we come through our thanksgiving, it changes our attitude and we begin to shift in attitude and spirit, which allows God to begin to heal and make us whole. But we live in a society that we compare ourselves with everybody else. Well, I don't have what the other one has. My house is not as nice. My car is not as nice. My clothes are not as nice. My kids this. My kids that. My marriage. My. But what about your God? What about his grace and mercy? What about all the good things he's done in your life? So through thanksgiving, it brought clarity to the vision of the leper, which was obviously dimmed in his life, but it was returned. The second thing leprosy affected was the hands, his good works. Everything in our lives can be affected, and, and, and it causes people to, to be relationships to be broken, and we, it causes us to be uh, isolated from those around us. Uh, when a leper came and when they got around somebody, they had to even cry out. It was part of their law. They had to cry out, unclean, unclean, meaning don't come near me because I'm unclean. Lep lepers suffered a loss of identity. They could no longer live in their own home with their own family. They now are outcast. Lepers lost their dignity. They're, they're, they're completely, they're, they're, they would carry on a stigma of being repulsive. Yet... When Jesus came along and spoke the word, go show yourself to the priest, it did not take away the fact that they were going to have to go through the process of cleansing. Is anybody with me this morning? Just because Jesus spoke the word of healing, he didn't say, I'm going to bypass all the other parts what I'm telling you is, is now you don't need a doctor anymore. You don't need a physician. I'm speaking the word, but you still got to go show yourself to the priest. You've still got to go through the cleansing. You've still got to go through all the, you're still going to go through the process. But I spoke possibility into your life. And if your attitude toward the possibility that I'm speaking into your life is right, like the one leper, I can make you whole to where nobody would be able to ever know narcissism see what is broken in your life. Oh my God. The issue is, is we too often try to hide our fault, hide what's wrong, hide what we've done, hide our mistakes and God is saying, if you'll ever just get your spirit right and let me take care of it, I'll heal the disfigurement of your fingers, your nose, your ears. I'll bring back your sensitivity. Nobody will ever know, but you've got to trust me with it and you've got to quit trying to hide it. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life through God, of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Sounds a lot like leprosy, doesn't it? He's talking about sin. He's saying, verse 19, who being past feeling, that's sensitivity, right? Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness. That's all sorts of of sin to work all uncleanliness he's just big blanket words that he's throwing out here see because like leprosy this is what sin will do it starts out small and then it does all of these other things 
people start saying things like this really isn't an addiction. It's just, it's just what I need to get through. I, I can handle it. I can stop anytime I want it. Forty years later, you're still telling people, oh, I don't, I'm not an alcoholic. I can stop anytime I want. Their response is, oh, it's just a small thing. All I have to do is just, you know, I, I just have to do this, you know, to play in the business world. I'm just doing what I need to do. And it goes on and on and on. And these little compromises in our life become big sins. They deaden our consciousness. And, and somewhere in the process, we begin to feel like we deserve it. These little compromises grow and like leprosy, sin spreads all over our life and we don't even know it because our hearts have become hardened. The sin starts out small, but then it becomes great. But Leviticus chapter 14 offers a ray of a hope. It says the law, the law said that the leper could be healed. And that the leper could be cleansed. So there is always hope for one no matter how far they have gone. No matter how bad they thought they were. We were in, in the store the day before yesterday and one of my boys was inviting, uh, I don't remember if it was Gentry or Spencer, one of the boys were, were inviting a, a young man that was working behind the counter and uh, they were inviting him to church and, and he said, Man, I don't know if I came in that place that probably whole building would probably burn down. No. People say, oh, if I come to church, man, the roof's going to cave in. No. Because there's hope no matter how bad you think you are. No matter what you think you've done. One of the oddities of this text is that the leper could not only just be healed, but that the leper could be made whole. But the leper had to go through the process. And here is where sometimes we don't want to go through the process. Everybody okay? Give me just about five more minutes, I'll wrap up. I see people dozing off all over the building. When David sinned with Bathsheba, he cried out to the Lord, Cleanse me, Lord. Purge me with hyssop. See, the work starts on the inside. Purge me with hyssop, wash me, make me whiter than snow, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. David had sinned, but he was still overwhelmed by the filthiness of his sin. So he cries out for God to, to change him, but he recognizes what a wretched man that he was. And so by his humility, he began to cry out to God. What your thankfulness does is your thankfulness is a sign of humility. Look at your neighbor, tell him, wake up. Your thankfulness is a sign of your humility. Add the wake up in there too, okay? Cleanse me, O oh God. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. These are all words of humility that David had spoken of. David was asking God to do for him what he could not do for himself. And I feel like that's what God wants to do for somebody today. I want to remind you that in this building this morning, there are people that walked in today and you thought you were thankful, but yet there's a certain part of you that you reserve and hold back because you feel like it, 
You deserve it. When the, choir, when the music sings that song, you deserve it. We change the words and say, I deserve it. We've got to get this attitude right to understand. In this text, there are several things. They, there's sacrifices for about everything. There's a sacrifice of a lamb. There's a sacrifice of a turtle dove. There were oxen, bulls, goats in the Old Testament tabernacle. They brought all of these things. There was a male lamb. There was a ewe lamb. There's burnt offerings. There's sin offerings. There's drink offerings, meat offerings. There are blood sacrifices. And they're all offered for different reasons. But for leprosy, it was a complete different thing. You couldn't bring anything in your stead. For leprosy, everybody say for sin. You had to bring yourself to the priest. And you had to show yourself to the priest. I'm closing this morning and I leave you with this. If you want to be whole, all of your giving, you can, you can give financially, you can be part of teams, you can serve, you can have all sorts of things that you're doing and feel like, well, I'm doing all of this. But the only thing that's going to bring wholeness is when you take yourself before the priest. Everybody say Jesus. When you take yourself before the high priest. And when you show yourself to him, you see this typology in this message today, and you show yourself to him, and you begin to offer to him gratitude and praise. If a man has been healed of leprosy, he couldn't send another in his stead. He had to be brought before the priest. He had to come before the priest. I want you to know that the priest, the high priest, is in this house today, and he will make you whole and here's what I want you to know not only will he make you whole not only will he heal you but in your wholeness through your thanksgiving when the wholeness comes by your gratitude and your attitude of thanksgiving to him as you are made whole as you go back and begin to fall upon your face as the man the leprous man did and you show yourself to him and you come back to him showing your attitude, he will restore every area of your, of your life. If it's been a while since you felt the presence of God, if it's been a while since you have felt whole, maybe you feel like your family's apart, your life is apart, and here we are entering this Thanksgiving season, I want to challenge you today to start responding differently. I want you to get up every morning of your life and before you go to work, before you start your chores, before you go to school, whatever it is that you do, I want you to stop and take a little time and start saying thank you, Lord. You woke me up today. You've given me health and strength. I may not be perfect. I may not feel the best. I may have all these troubles in my life. But God, here's all the things that I recognize you're doing. When you start doing that, expect that wholeness is going to start coming in your life. Wholeness is going to start coming in your life. Stand with me all over the room today. Maybe, maybe somebody's in the house today and you want some wholeness in your life. Maybe wholeness that you have not experienced in a while. Here's my challenge for you. Why don't you come this morning and just start right now by showing yourself to the priest.
Why don't you come today just walking forward, coming right here to the front. You're just coming down to the altar. I'm not the priest. Jesus is the high priest. According to the book of Hebrews, Jesus is our high priest. You just come this morning and come and say, God, I'm coming with a heart of thanksgiving. I'm coming with a heart of praise. I'm coming this morning because I want wholeness in my life. Why don't you join these that are already stepping out and coming forward today? He'll restore everything in your life. He'll bring back your sensitivity. He'll bring back everything in your life. It's been a while since you felt the presence of God. Come show yourself to the priest today. Come let him know, God, I'm just thankful. In this Thanksgiving season, before Thanksgiving Day gets here, I'm coming today to show myself to you and to cry out to you and let you know, Lord, I'm unworthy. I don't even deserve to be in your house, much less to be in your presence. I don't deserve it, God, but you... You're here today. Your spirit's drawing me. Come on, would you cry out to him this morning? Would you reach out to the Lord this morning? Would you reach out to him today? Come on, open up your mouth and talk to the Lord today. Cry out to the Lord today. Cry out to the Lord today. Come on, reach out to him this morning. Reach out to him this morning. Just let him know all the things you're thankful for today. Your family, your health, your home, your church, your walk with him. Your job, the things you have. Has God been good to you? Has God been good to you? Come on, let him bring wholeness. Let him bring wholeness in your life. Let him bring wholeness in your life. Let him bring wholeness in your life. Come on, with my heart filled with thanksgiving, with my heart filled with praise, I give you honor. I give you praise. I magnify you, Lord. I magnify the name of the Lord. I praise you. I praise you, God. Oh, that's it. Let's just take a little time. Just magnify the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord this morning. He's worthy. This is how wholeness comes. This is how wholeness comes. Come on, testify to somebody this morning. God's been good to me. God's blessed me. He's good to me. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, let God know you've been good to 